I'm the cycling certified Cicerone, and in this podcast, we take the beer world by bike, traveling to breweries in Washington State to talk to brewers, founders, marketers, and managers to slowly peel back the layers that make up the Washington beer industry. This is your podcast if you want to know how breweries work from the inside, whether you're just a big fan of beer drinking or are considering opening a brewery of your own. It's 2019, and every day, three breweries open in America. We better get riding. I recently found myself on the Hawaiian island of Kauai. There, I found KBC, or Kauai Brewing Company. I didn't get a chance to ride my bike there, but I did stop by with my vacation podcasting rig and set up a little interview. I'm Andrew Bieber, and this is Washington Beer Talk. I gathered up a bunch of people in the office, and here we are. Let's meet who we have today. I'm Jim Gerber, the older brewer here. I used to be brew the beer, and... My name is Justin Gerber. I'm the only brewer. <laughs> Head brewer, only brewer. Okay. He's also up. my son. Um, and my name's Larry Feinstein. I'm involved in marketing, um, special projects, promotion, and so forth. Um, one of the major roles I, I, I provide is that uh, I am the only person uh, out of maybe, I don't know, 45 people that is even remotely close to him in age. Hi, my nickname's Mia. Hi, I'm Renee Palmer. I'm here today because I wanted to meet with Jim to get his feedback on starting a business. Not only he has a really big name on the island, I think. A lot of people have recommended you to me to talk really? to and be, yeah, that you would give me good advice. It was pretty obvious early on that Larry was going to be a problem character. Here's what he said when I asked him what his favorite beer was. Um, I don't know. Um, trying to be positive. I, I really can't say that I, that I have one, and I'm, and I'm not being, um, you know, coy. Um, I could probably think about beers I really didn't like all that much, and there aren't very many. Um, you know, with like the IPA, some if it's, too, if it's too hoppy for me, it, it makes me a crazy person. I don't, I don't like it. Um, but honestly, uh, I don't even know what the, the percentage would be so high in terms of the beer that I have had here over time. Um, they're, they're all really, they're, you know, so I, I don't have a favorite. Um, and depending upon my mood, if I'm feeling particularly stupid, I will just drink the beer that has the highest alcohol content <laughs> um, and, and be happy for the afternoon. Since Jim was the founder, I asked him my favorite question, which is, what are your three most inspirational breweries? As you might know, this question comes back around at the end. The Alchemist in in Vermont. Okay. Great Divide in Chicago, or um, Denver. And um, Sonoma. Sonoma. that, That appeared after I had left. Mm. But yes, for their IPA, oh, I love it. All right, keep those in your head. This will come back to bite you in the butt later. Kauai is an interesting place to start a brewery. And it's not even the first place you think of when you think of Hawaii. So why did 
Jim decide to start a brewery here? I asked him to tell me a little bit about his background and why he chose Kauai. I grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah, I moved to the West Coast. Most of my career was spent mm. in the West Coast in Silicon Valley because I'm mm. a software company. Right. And we moved up to Sonoma County where they make all kinds of good wine. But I left there in 94. Um, our kids went to high school, went to school here. Half of my career has been here. We just, he's been talking about starting a brewery forever. And, uh, you know, every home brewer does. And you were just finally sick of him t- saying he was gonna do it. <laughs> no, he was Well, he finally, he finally decided, he was like, you know, he, call, he called me up. I was living in Portland at the time, not brewing, but just, you know, I had I landed there and he was just like, you know, I found, I found a line on some equipment. I think I'm, I think I'm going to pull a trigger. I'm going to do it. Do you want to come back home and start a brewery? And, Justin had just finished hiking the Appalachian Trail, so, like any good son, when his dad called. I wasn't really doing anything, you know, specific at the time, so I was just like, well, yeah, sure, why not? Let's let's give it a go. Of course, having all the equipment you need to start a brewery is one thing, but finding an actual spot to do it is a whole other. One thing or another, one place I couldn't find a sewer. I couldn't find a sewer action. Another place... Uh, they, there was a brewery there before, and they said, we'll never accept a brewery in here again. Wow. They left it in such a bad shape, I won't ever accept a brewery. Well, yeah, breweries kind of have to tear the floor up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so then this place came up, and um, they said, if you, if you make a deal and do a cash deal by January 2012, and it was a great deal, it had a place for a restaurant. It changed plans right then, and it became a brew pub instead of a and that was a struggle. Oh my! And of course, going from a home brewer to a restaurateur is a pretty big step—one bigger than expected. I wonder, did he have any experience in restaurants? None. <laughs> None. It was, it was definitely a big learning curve. Yeah. So anyway, we we I, we found this brewery in pieces in warehouses in Portland. Justin and Kim, his girlfriend, got it together and kind of bailed it out of where it was. It was part of it was in a body shop. Um, another guy said, well, I'm not leaving. I have this thing until you pay your back rent. What back rent? <laughs> so Kim had to go to her bank and get $1,000 cash, pay it off because the truck was waiting there to pick up this stuff. They already had it arranged. So we did it. We moved this whole brewery here in two big shipping containers, unpacked it, pulled it in the back there, and then started discovering how to, there were no instructions. How do you make this thing work? We know how to make beer, but laying it out, what do you do? Yeah, how do you set up a boiler? How do you pipe steam? Yeah, how do you there were cracks in the loop? tank. We had a, Justin learned how to weld, figure out how to weld the cracks up closed and, and all that. It was, it was amazing. It was a great, invigorating time. You know what I mean? It's something that, um, I would never, I would always do it again because we know exactly how that stuff works. We invented a grist hydrator. We had to put together an auger to get the, the grist up into the mash tun. Starts with a theory, but then you have got to do the details and there's so many, it's great. Yeah. We had to learn how to, there was nobody in the state that would install a boiler that we already had. They wanted to sell us a boiler. If we bought a boiler, they would install it. But if we didn't, we already had it, we wanted to pay them to install it, no way. I, I went around and around with these companies. They're only in Oahu um, and they wouldn't do it. And so I found this course in, in steam boiling from Britain and I took a course in how to lay out steam pipes and how to do all the piping and all that stuff. So we did it ourselves. 
That kind of reminds me of the time that I was setting up my very first kegerator at home. I had just bought this stupid thing off of Walmart.com and it came with a CO2 tank, which all my roommates were fully convinced I was going to use to somehow blow up the entire apartment or asphyxiate us all somehow. But Jim was definitely in a worse boat. The real question is, why did he decide to get himself into this to begin with? People said, well, why do you want to start a brewery? We all, everyone here just drinks green bottle beer. That's Heineken and all the German green bottle beers. And I've discovered that this is Hawaii. There's a lot of sunshine here and the green bottle doesn't prevent the skunkiness. So people here thought that skunky was what beer should taste like. <laughs> Extra flavor. I noticed that in a lot of places. Um, when I was a kid growing up, I, I lived in Singapore for just a couple of years. You did. And, uh, and they all drank. Same exact problem. The brewers there couldn't exact, they couldn't replicate the flavor of Heineken because everyone was used to the skunky flavor, so they wouldn't drink their beer unless they skunked it. So yeah, they they skunk it yourself. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I asked what about Kauai made it such an appealing place to brew, and Larry's answer made me realize that was a more complex question than I had expected. The, the things about this place are, are just are so extraordinary, and um, for me personally, I'm really careful to like try and speak on, on, like on its behalf, you know, what makes this place as unusual as it is. This, this place has been here and it's, it's got a, people that are connected to this place for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I, me personally, I, I leave that you know, you know, to them. Um, it's, a, it's clearly a very different lifestyle, but um, Kauai happens to be an extraordinary place. Um, and even kind of fits with alchemy in the sense that alchemy, there's this, there's a bit of make-believe and, and kind of, and this place is, is just, a, just a very unusual place. It's very, very special. There's a smile you get um, when you're here. And they say that there are a couple of things that distinguish Kauai people from other people. And you said the culture. One is um, everyone else in the mainland wants to be first. We want to be first, get in line first, get in the traffic first, get in line. We want to be last. We want, we let people in the, we, we let people into the traffic. We don't try to beat them out. Um, we want to be last. And the other one that was described is in the mainland, people want to acquire, acquire stuff. They want to be the guy that owns the most, the guy that ends with the most toys wins and all that stuff. Here, it's the guy with the most time wins. Um, we like to be laid back and, and we like to enjoy ourselves. We, we value our own personal time more. There are a couple of distinguishing things, but those are the two things that I've heard are distinguished. There's also the sense of aloha here. And the farther you go west to the west side of this island, the more you'll see of that, the old Hawaiian graciousness, um, loveness, loving people. There, there is that here. Very gentle stuff. The aloha spirit. There's a couple other words that are very interesting. There's a word called um, pono, which means righteousness. I want to be pono. I want to do the right thing. And people live that. 
There's another word called uh, kuleana. Larry's been thinking about that word quite a bit lately. Kuleana means it's your. If it's your kuleana, it means I'm. I don't need to be involved in it. That's your business, and you do it the way you, I'll let you do it. I just. And that's another thing about this place is if you want to do something, if you want to build a kuleana yourself, you are more than welcome here to do that. If you want to start a TV station, if you want to do whatever, you want to explore, express your creativity and your talent, you can do that here better than in most every place I've been. So anyway, there we go. One of the sillier things about Kauai Brewery Company is that on Kauai, there are only two breweries. One is called Kauai Brewing Company. That's the brewery we're at today. And the other one is called Kauai Island Brewery, which baffles me how two breweries can have this basically the same name. So, of course, I had to ask Jim about that. And the answer is more satisfying than I thought. Funny thing. They started out as the Waimea Brew Pub, and they moved to Port Allen, and they changed their name. And as they were changing their name, we emerged, and we, this was in 2012. That's when they, I don't know if they served their beer first, or we did, very much the same time. But I had the name Kauai Beer Company since 2006, I was trying for that long. This was 2012, six years later, but they, emerged and I didn't know they existed until that happened. But there was a time when it was Waimea that I wanted to buy their equipment. They're good, they're good folks. Um, uh, we, we, we work together and we like them a lot. Dave is their brewer and he is, he, he's been uh, brewing for professionally longer than we have, for sure. It's business time. Running a brewery is a rough business. And every now and then, someone has a little tip or a trick to share that can help you run your brewery. So let's see if we can get Justin and Larry and Jim to share some of theirs. For reference, their brewery makes about 600 barrels a year. The more you know about the people that visit you, the better it is, the more you can relate to them, the more you're that kind of a person that can talk their talk, find out where they are, be enthused about where they are, where they're coming from. People are coming to Kauai and sometimes it's their life desire. Of course, we had to grab a couple of beers to keep this conversation rolling. So when we went downstairs to grab them, we found an interesting Hawaiian beer law. Eat drinks in front of two people or something. Yeah. I don't know. You can explain so you can only have more. six drinks in front and of one, one person. person. Okay, there it is. Every state has weird laws. Yes. Yeah. After prohibition, the states got control and they devised their own laws. And so the law, and every county in Hawaii has their own law. And it's called a stacking law. And it's really wrong. And it says um, in front of anyone at a time, there can only be 24 ounces of beer huh. in Kauai. You can't have, you can't sell pitchers. You, can only, you can't sell two pints at a time. If a person has a half of a pint of beer or a quarter, like a cup of beer left, and he ordered another pint, the server has to come and say, well, I can't serve it to you right now because you got that. And so 
what it does is it makes the customer chug the beer and give it the empty glass to the server, and now the server can put the 16-ounce beer down. Oh, my gosh. It's really weird and trick. Um, we, uh, as part of the uh, Hawaii Brewers Guild, we're trying to fight that kind of craziness and pass legislation that would change that stuff. Yeah. It's weird. It's all strange. Oh, my gosh. And the liquor control guys... Center on that kind of thing, and they come and they actually check. No and way. Actually, and they actually violate. It's a thousand dollar violation if you get caught doing that. Have you ever done it? Ever get been caught? No. And we've been caught for other things. There was a sting operation that we got caught. At. Really? Yeah. How did that go? They brought they brought some people in from Oahu that looked like they were um, over twenty one. Mm-hmm. God was twenty. Was twenty. Yeah. Ooh. And. And our, well, this is when, when Justin and one other, our, our brewer Eric was here and I were the only people here. And what we did was we thought we would, um, we could only serve beer Wednesdays and Fridays from 12 until 6. Mm. That was our time. Otherwise, we were brewing beer and mixing. Yeah. So Eric was sitting there and these people came in, three people, two of them were 21, the other guy was 20. And they said, he said, well, what, how old are you? And the guy says, well, here's my cart. How old do you think I am? Uh-huh. And that's as good as it got. And he was, it was a sting and they caught, they, viol- they got us with a thousand dollar violation. We were definitely in the wrong, but it was, it's a wrong thing to do that. Their logo is one of my favorite features. It is a rooster on a field of purple clutching a multi-pronged staff. I, of course, had lots of questions, so I had to ask. Another weird feature of Kauai is that there are chickens running all around the island just hanging out. So I had some suspicions before asking where the logo might have come from. Chickens are the sign of Kauai. It's the, it's the Kauai state bird. Yeah. <laughs> there are two kinds of chickens. Um, the ones with a speckly white and black top were brought by the Polynesians when they first came. The pretty ones are really jungle fowl that came, that were imported for people to shoot them, uh, for sport shooting. I think it was really more for cockfighting, way back when was, the sugar was here. There were chickens here, and then in 1982, a, a hurricane came through, opened up all the chicken coops, and all the chickens got away and started this. And there was another hurricane in 1992, which even did it, did it again. And oh, the other Hawaiian islands had mongoose that they brought in to try to control the rats. But mongoose are daytime animals and rats are nighttime animals. And so a mongoose never met a rat, but mongoose certainly met the chicks of the chickens on the other islands and destroyed their chickens that they had. Um, so a combination of the hurricane and the mountains and lack of mongoose, we have chickens everywhere here, everywhere. <laughs> and Coming everyone relates to the chicken. Um, they're, they're quite annoying. And, <laughs> and, by, and, and by the way, and it's an absolute myth about dawn and chickens. It's absolute BS. They do it whenever they feel like they doing it. And purple is the Kauai's color. Every island has its own color. Purple is the color. And the uh, secret is the staff. Yeah, what is that? It's a secret. <laughs> no, it is the alchemy symbol for fermentation. In alchemy, every 
like sulfur had its own symbol and every process had its own symbol. Mm -hmm. And this one of the two symbols for fermentation is the second one. The alchemist in uh, Vermont has the other one. That's why oh. I got the idea. I'll tell you, um, merchandise is a big thing yeah. for us. It, it is. Yeah. That's part of the logo. The, 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 trying to make a logo that's becoming an icon is really important. Yeah. Um, we sell a lot of merchandise here. People love it. And people come here at the on the way to the airport. The merchandise actually um, it falls under the aegis of a um, Kim okay. Wright, this one, who is incredibly talented, um, and uh, we have a, a really quite a phenomenal selection of uh, of, of stuff: the yeah. shirts and the tank tops, and um, and she does a really wonderful job. From a marketing standpoint, um, you're not going to have a better name than the Quiet Beer Company. It's simply not possible if you intend to be in the beer business on Kauai. So it's almost so Jim, obviously coming with, with the software background, was probably even hypersensitive to the fact, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab it. In terms, of, again, of, of marketing, it saves us, I don't know, it, it saves us a fortune um, in having to identify ourselves. Yeah. Because all of those people who are absolutely enthralled with beer, they go online and let's see, the, and they're coming to Hawaii. What, yes, what are going to be the two words you're going to put in your search? It's terrific that, you know, that, and the name works so well. And, then it, and again, it then becomes something very attractive to take with you mm -hmm. because it's kawaii beer um, it, it works really well we are expanding and also that we hawaii is very interesting in that there is a new kind of liquor license that we could get and we are the first brewery on the island of Kauai to get this license it's a class 18 license and it's called a producer pub not a beer pub, which means we can make wine, we can make cider, we can make sake, we can make mead, we can make any alcoholic, and we, we can also distill. We can do everything here wow. in wow. this place. And our license is going to take effect in July, like July 1st. We still have to get the, the federal license, which you don't have to do for a wine bar, but to make cider, we have to get a winery license. Mm -hmm. from the feds yeah but we have permission we already have that permission it took a long time to get this license from the, the state um because it's fairly it's a new kind of license yeah it's very exciting when we were as jim had said early you know early on we originally opened essentially as a tasting room wednesday i believe wednesday and saturday noon to six we were in the process of um of building a kitchen but that um on a good day, um, on the mainland, it takes a long time. Um, on the island of Kauai, oh my, at a time, it, it, things just take a while to get done. The building permit. You know, and, and, um, and to me, I don't consider it, it, it's not a negative, it's just one of the things that makes this place so unique. Anyway, um, so the you know the whole idea of food trucks. So it's not obviously not a new idea. It's been popular in urban areas all over the mainland for quite a while. So we came up with an idea and we picked Thursday night because that's kind of like a good night, and we'll we'll get some food trucks. 
um, to appear in front. And we have to go through some things with the county that, you know, um, you know, were somewhat complicated, but fine. Anyway, what ended up uh, happening is um, it really became somewhat of a, a magical event that drew several hundred people um, every Thursday, and it became and still is an institution. I mean, you know, food trucks don't wouldn't be first on my on my list, but uh, what it did really, basically, again from a marketing standpoint. It really um, it catapulted the the brewery forward uh, into a much broader level of, of recognition because of the of the food that we had with those trucks, and then subsequently the kitchen opened, um, you know, and then we became you know the mature you know microbrewery. But the the food trucks really really fast tracked us in, in terms of um, the overall evolution of the place. Well, we've been chatting for a while. Thank you so much to Jim, Larry, Justin, and my co-host Mia, as well as the peanut gallery, Renee. It was a pleasure hanging out with you all today. What do you say we go grab a beer? Let's do it. I'm thirsty. I have a couple of people that I need to thank. These are all people that have gone to patreon.com slash cyclingcicerone to get access to more episodes, other cool perks, and swag. I wouldn't be here today without my family, so I am extremely excited to see that some of my very first patrons are my brother, mom, and sister. Thank you, Terry Bieber, Kenan Bieber, and Claire Bieber. Your support means a lot. And also, I would like to shout out to Craft Beer Boot. Thank you for your support as well. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. So if you want to hear more episodes, go to patreon.com slash cyclingcicerone and sign up at any of our awesome reward tiers. Get a shout out just like that at any tier. Maybe you want to own a brewery. Well, turns out that's a tier too. Just go take a look for yourself. That's patreon.com slash cyclingcicerone. And by the way, we talked at length about the beer they serve at Kauai Brewery. One of the bonus episodes you'll get if you sign up to be a patron is the other half of this one. Part two of Kauai Brewery will be up next week, but only on Patreon. Marry alchemist. Kill some. That's it. Thanks for listening to Washington Beer Talk. If you like hearing about breweries, then maybe you'll want to listen to the other episodes, which are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you can find podcasts. Or you can go straight to the source, cyclingcicerone.com, for the full blog posts, which usually include a couple of pictures and a description of the brewery and more episodes. Support the podcast by finding a place to like it. Find The Cycling Cicerone on Instagram or Facebook and give us a follow or a like. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or write us a review. Leave a comment on cyclingcicerone.com or better yet, share it with your friends. All of these little things can help us grow the podcast. Thank you.